What's up, guys, and welcome back to Sandcast, or for new listeners, welcome to Sandcast, which I hope we do have a couple new listeners for this one because we have our first overseas guests. We're taking advantage of the Huntington Beach AVP FIVB 48 team double elimination monster and getting some FIVB players in here. So we have Alexander Brower and Robert Musin from the Netherlands. And if you haven't watched them play, there's a good chance you might have heard them play because they hit the ball harder than any team on tour they just rip serves and bounce balls and you know what they're going to do and they know that you know and they're saying you know what if you can dig it good for you because you're probably not going to dig it and most teams don't they already have two wins this year on the FIVB tour and they are one of the few teams that can consistently give Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena a very good match so it was a really really fun time with them and we're looking forward to watching the Dutch alongside all these other international teams. If you're a fan of beach volleyball and you're in the area, I cannot encourage you to come out enough. We don't get to see a tournament like this of this magnitude really ever, and especially on our front doors here in Huntington Beach. And I know that some of our listeners do not actually live in Southern California, but for those who do, I cannot encourage you enough to come out to the Huntington Beach Pier all week. It'll be Main draw will be Thursday through Sunday. Free volleyball all week long, the best volleyball in the world. So I will see you guys out at Huntington Beach and enjoy our sandcast with Alex Brower and Robert Mewson. Right. Action. All right. Well, this is Sandcast, take two, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawarder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We had a little snafu here with our first recording with Alex Brower and, and Robert Mewson. We were talking about the king of the court. Yeah. And so fill me in on that because I hadn't heard anything about it. So I'm, I'm as curious as anyone. Well, uh, anyone that's into uh, beach volleyball or volleyball knows King of the Court, I think. It's, also, it's something you do at practice. or uh, So in that way, it's, it's not really new. But uh, yeah, there's a Dutch promoter that's taking this to, uh, to the next level and bringing it to an international level, international players and playing, well, from this season on, this September on, uh, around the world. Uh, we started this with a tryout last year in Utrecht. We had uh, five teams. It's with five teams on one court, and yeah, you play for the the role. It's in three rounds, and you play for the role of uh, king of the court. So just so people understand what king of the court is, those of you who don't know, yeah. it's every all the teams are how many teams you say? It's five teams. So five teams are serving, or are five teams are on one side of the court. Yeah, four. Four teams on one side of the court, one team on the king side of the court. Yeah. And everyone's fighting to get over to the king side of the court. You can only score on the king side of the court. So you have to, when you side out on the king side, you uh-huh. get a real point. To get over there, you have to get, sorry, yeah. To get over there, you have to get a real point. I probably shouldn't be the one explaining this, but <laughs> we can but get it's, it. It's a bit difficult, uh, but... No, that's, pretty, that's pretty much what it is. So, yeah, on the surfing side, you need to score a point to get to the king's side. Mm-hmm. And when you score points on the king's side, those are the points that they actually count. And then in the first two rounds out of three, that's at least how we did it, you played until a certain time or like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the winning round, you play like 10 points or 15 points. So first team that gets 15 points uh, is the winner of the tournament. That's a great idea. What do we do? What do you do with miss serves? Miss serves is a point for the side out team. Oh, really? 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, a new team comes in to serve. So all the other teams are really pissed when you mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gave them a On point. the other end, they, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when the leading team is, is making side out, yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because we also set the, uh, a prize on the longest uh, series you make on the, on the king side, on the oh, side right, out yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was really fun. And it, it already started in the warm up with five teams on one court. It was a bit like indoor, you know, and uh, everybody setting for each other. Wow. It's a, it's a cool, relaxed, but also, yeah, aggressive vibe on court. It must be very entertaining for the fans. Yeah. I mean, I, I've obviously done it a lot of practice, but usually it's not quite as intense as a match. You have a lot of energy too, right? Because you're getting a lot of breaks. Yeah, it's, it's really dynamic. It's, uh, you know, it goes really fast. Because we also made the rule that as soon as the uh, one of the guys steps under the net towards the king's court side, uh, you have how many I seconds? Eight seconds. You have yeah. eight seconds before the 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 ref will blow the whistle. Ah. So let's say we have a rally uh, on the not king's court side, and we score the point, but I'm still in the back of the court laying on my ass or something, <laughs> and, and Robbie <laughs> Which is already happens? stepping <laughs> under the net towards the king side oh, because yeah. we scored. I have to get over there as fast as I can and be, be ready for the for the next serve. This happens so often, <laughs> <laughs> especially during the tryouts. I, would, I was already walking there and was like, oh, Alex, I to go. Or the team were about to serve already. That's funny. So yeah. do you, are you guys just kind of making up rules on the on the fly? Or at least that first year, was it sort of just feeling out situations and saying, okay, we could probably tweak it and add this especially rule and that rule? Especially in the tryouts, yeah. yeah. In the tryout, it was that they had the rules and we just followed them. And then afterwards, we yeah, could evaluate and tell them, like, at first it was, I think, four seconds from the moment you went under the net. So, yeah, four was way too short. And, yeah, and what also happened was, like, the team on the side outside just got exhausted. And, uh, it was, uh, you got so tired over there. So we adjusted some things. I don't, what, I'm not exactly sure what we did. I think it was mm -hmm. mostly the time that, that, the, that the series should be shorter. So... Yeah, it's easier to do uh, on the side outside because it was going too quick. There any any stalling, a lot of cleaning of the sunglasses of on course, the side yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know the tricks. <laughs> yeah, and so, well, I was just kind of a change of topic. Speaking of just, just kind of stalling, I was watching YouTube videos from Doha, and it looked like it was ridiculously hot. Yeah. So I watched Phil and Nick's match against the Polish guys. Yeah. And I don't dig I don't know if Cantor cramped out or something, but he kept going back to clean his sunglasses to kind of shake out his leg too and give it a rest. And the lady was like, Sorry, you're you're cut off. I think you're now you're just stalling. I think we had a copy of that match in our quarterfinals <laughs> uh, against the Brazilian guys uh yeah. Samon. It was exactly the same, uh, it was so exhausting. It was the third match of the day. I think it was the same for them. And yeah, you just like we're all so tired, and then just like you say, go clean your glasses. Second time out, even ask for a third time out, which <laughs> yeah, does not exist. Why not? Does not exist. <laughs> yeah, but on the other hand, of course, stalling. But like our uh, trainer sometimes says, we were sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's he's from down under, so so you know. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it was so hot that you you actually you really have a lot of sweat on your glasses. So you have to get get back and clean yeah. them. Uh, oh, you did a lot. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was serious <laughs> yeah. a couple of times. So the ref is like, "Yeah, I know you're stalling. Come on!" And then you're like, I, "No, I'm really. It's it's dry." Boy it's who cried wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
No, you guys won Doha too, right? Yeah. That yeah. was that was a good one because with Fort Lauderdale, I feel like you guys taking fifth doesn't really show how well you guys played because y'all were the only team to really push Phil and Nick in Fort Lauderdale. So that's a nice rebound to get a win in Doha. After that, that was your second win of the season? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, second win. And, yeah, it's right. Like you said, this, uh, if you lose against Nick and Phil, of course, it was tough for us. And you see those guys win the tournament and uh, – yeah, they were rolling on. I think that they didn't lose a set in in Fort Lauderdale. I don't know if I'm right, but you guys were the only one to even take them within two yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So <laughs> they were. How do you say? Super rain? Nah, they were playing really great. And so yeah, of course, to win the the Qatar event was uh, was great for us. Was that yeah. your first time in Qatar? No. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I I went twice, and I remember. I don't think you guys yeah. were there. It was held two times before, I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, actually, it was held at a different venue, I heard, this time than when I had gone yeah. the two years before. How yeah. was the... I saw the stadium court look pretty cool, actually. It's like yeah, an it amphitheater. Was yeah, it was. Cultural Village, it was called with... Uh, yeah, amphitheater, yeah. like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, really unique location to play, and uh, especially if you would see the images and the videos from yeah. above. It's like, uh, yeah, pretty unique. Only, yeah, unfortunately, there were not that many people in the stadium oh, during yeah. the games. <laughs> yeah, I that was the same when I was playing there. There's a like maybe a handful of the, the Qataris with the full yeah. dress, headdresses and everything coming in. Uh, but other than that, it, they definitely didn't have a fan base out there. No. Well, that'll be a lot different this week. So Huntington Beach has an awesome beach volleyball culture, and we're well. I mean, just Southern California in general, but love Huntington. And if you get if you get to see Casey Patterson, he'll talk your ear off about how much he loves Huntington too. And with this format, so it's forty eight teams, double elimination, four days of main draw play. What do you guys think of the format? Because this is huge. Like forty eight teams is a ton for main draw and with and I'm curious too to get an international perspective of having 16 American teams in the main draw just like what are your guys thoughts just in general about the whole thing first of all we're really happy that we're able to play here in Huntington because uh, yeah there were some doubts whether it was just AVP or mixed with FIVB that was quite an issue and some of the players were complaining that, yeah, uh, how is it possible that suddenly so many American teams can jo- uh, join a FIVB tournament and come on, we have a country quota, etc. And we were like, yeah, what, what are you talking about, man? If we're able to play in, in Huntington and play an event like this, I mean, uh, yeah, we want to take this chance and uh, be grateful, you know? And so, yeah, first of all, we're really happy to, to, to play here. And yeah, with this system, uh, I mean, it's a bit different than what we're used to, but I'm expecting uh, yeah, a lot of people. We arrived here two days ago, so we've seen the stadium from yeah. zero to what it is already now. And uh, I think it will be awesome from day one. Yeah, I think, th- I mean, they're definitely going to, th- the fans are going to show up for this one. Long Beach gets a decent amount of fans, but nobody likes going to Long Beach as much as they like coming to Huntington. So, for sure, the stadium court's going to be packed for the big matches. But there's going to be a lot of matches this week. Yeah. How big is that qualifier? Trying to, so, the country quota has 30, 32 total teams. And I, I think there's, like, 28 Americans, 
two Brazilians and a, and, and a Canadian team hanging out in there. And then I think after the country quota, so each team plays just one match, 16 make it through. And I think the qualifier itself will either be, I think you have to win two or three matches to get through. So they're taking eight out of the qualifier. And then to a 48-team main draw. So if you go from, if you start, if you do like the April Ross, Alex Kleiman route at The Hague, and you go country quota, qualifier, main draw, you'll have played volleyball from Tuesday through Sunday. (laughs) With 56 matches. (laughs) (laughs) How is that compared to regular AFP? I'm trying to think. Normal AVP? How big is a normal AVP? A normal AVP is 16. Qualifier. And then, oh, normal AVP qualifier? So Manhattan last year was 106 teams. (laughs) Wow. For anyone can just show up for the and open. Then, yeah, and then but we had a couple. So Austin and Huntington were Huntington was close to seventy teams for four spots. Which was a lot. So you had teams that were coming out of the pigtail. Um so Reed Reed Pretty and Came Shock were I think five matches in in their final match. And then they ended up losing to Ben Vaught and Brandon Clemens, who are in the country quota. Well, I guess this will come out Wednesday, so yesterday. Yeah. But wow. I think Reed wants to uh, gain his beach volleyball experience, right? So he's, <laughs> he's happy with a yeah. five or six <laughs> round qualifier. I think there's no 40-year-old playing more beach volleyball than <laughs> yeah, that guy right now. Yeah. Just grinding away. Yeah, so he's he's automatically in this one with Jeremy Casebeer. Uh, so nice. You guys might be seeing him. Yeah, yeah. Cool. They played in the Hague together, right? Yeah. 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 Qualifier. I think uh, country quota... Oh, I think they lost to Miles Evans and Billy Kalinske. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're uh, up to date, uh, Travis. This is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do this without this guy. <laughs> that's why I brought him. This is, this is what I do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But okay. now I know that uh, you have a traveling companion. Do you not? Is there a, a sheep? what is he talking about you travel with a sheep oh but i have to admit that i, I didn't bring it you didn't bring the sheep to <laughs> didn't bring the sheep good yeah. luck uh, stuffed animal <laughs> yeah, stuffed animal yeah let's be clear about that I don't bring it what they didn't yeah, let like you bring it on the plane this time no. usually Just they to do fight through customs <laughs> there. the smell yeah no uh, livestock you know no it's uh yeah it's a stuff animal i i got when i was a really small kid and i uh yeah there was this interview for beach major series and i think that's what you what you yeah mean. that's, that's what i stumbled across it. google yeah. still google never google. forgets uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh no but yeah it's uh, like a lucky charm but i don't think we'll make it far in this because <laughs> i didn't bring it uh. <laughs> that must be it <laughs> yeah. uh. we'll see this is the true test of your of your sheep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, now we know if it's working or not. And we've mentioned the the cold weather before, so I'm really curious as to how do you guys get into beach volleyball in the Netherlands where it's not, you know, you guys have had two outdoor practices all year. I can't imagine that, you know, when you're 10, 12, 15 years old, you're just like, that's what I want to be, yeah. beach volleyball player. Yeah, for us it's really a combination at the start with indoor so it's in, during the winter you play indoor and then when it gets to April, yeah, March, April, you start practicing a little bit outside when the weather is getting better. And then in yeah, in the middle of the season, you just play beach volleyball. 
And then in September you go back to indoor again, and that's pretty much the first few years how it goes. And then at a certain moment you decide whether or not you're gonna play beach volleyball, or some people focus on uh, on indoor playing full time. But yeah, for us it went like that, and uh, yeah, after I think I combined it for like four years, and then I made the decision: okay, I'm gonna quit indoor and practice full time beach volleyball. Is that how tough of a decision was that to make? Because I know that indoor. From what I understand, I've never played indoor, but it seems like there's more just money, stability, consistency on the indoor scene. So is that a difficult decision for you guys? Yeah, for me at that time, it was not really, the I was not earning money indoor yet. So maybe that it could have come later. But at that moment, it was more just deciding what sport I prefer and what I like the most. And for me, that decision was really easy. So yeah, I didn't really struggle with uh, choosing beach volleyball over indoor. Yeah. Plus, for them, I think there's a little more... Uh like it's you're not winging it quite as hard like for an american player that wants to play beach you're not in the national team program until you earn that spot so that you have to pay for everything yeah you know get yeah. a real job and you have to do everything on your own until you get on the national team and then then long way down the line they start paying you you know to train and all that kind of stuff um and then the payouts so if you're only playing avp and the tour like it's been the last however long almost decade it's been a little lower or had had less events it's hard to make a full-time living but for you guys at a young age it's kind of youth national junior national senior national right yeah yeah so it's a, li a little easier in that sense um, and we sh we have less players that are able to compete uh, the amount of players we have is like you say uh, i, yeah, I haven't played indoor volleyball yeah. ever I think all of the pro beach volleyball yeah. players that have ever played beach volleyball for the Netherlands, they've started uh, indoor. So that's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big I difference. I think the majority of the top, or maybe uh, a, a good amount of the top Americans have played indoor, right? Yeah, I who, think who hasn't? I think almost Rosie, all of them. Rosie was straight to the beach. Jake didn't really play. Jake, high school doesn't Jake count. Jake did put some hilarious high school videos up. Not <laughs> too long. He used to have long hair. <laughs> Whoa. Jake had like <laughs> long hair. He looks yeah. super awkward, like the goofiest, <laughs> awkward kid from Utah. So it's still the same, but then without the hair, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I guess. Well, I hope he's he not looks listening. a little better now. Don't motivate him. <laughs> yeah. I think Trevor had probably has the least indoor because he played at Long Beach yeah. State, but he didn't. So I played you know, with. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was Taylor, you know, player of the year. I grew up with Trevor. Uh, and he played basketball. He thought he was he he literally thought he was going to the NBA. He never was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he he grew up playing beach volleyball with me and and his little brother because his dad always played at the club we grew up at. But then he went to play college basketball and realized he hated it, and he probably wasn't that good at it. So he went and played <laughs> he went and played indoor uh, at Long Beach. But he just never was into indoor, and then he went to the beach. So. He he had his shots at it, but he just didn't like it at all. Yeah, so I feel like it's not quite as structured as it seems in the Netherlands, where you know people kind of play for their high schools wherever they want to in college, and then it's kind of a free for all. Which whatever happens after that, some of them just go straight to the beach. I think others try to find contracts overseas for indoors. Yeah, so I think that it's kind of the structure is lacking here. Probably. Yeah, and you, your country is too big. It's simply too yeah. big. I mean, we have everything centralized in The Hague. Yeah. So everybody that wants to play uh, beach volleyball uh, with the national team, they move to The Hague or at least train there every day. 
so it's really centralized it's easy to i say to govern to and yeah that i think that also makes a big difference yeah definitely where do you think uh volleyball indoor and beach uh ranks as a sport in netherlands like because in the u.s like obviously football basketball baseball is like so much higher than volleyball especially for men uh what do you think volleyball ranks for netherlands yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to. to what do you have above hockey, soccer, field hockey? Field oh, hockey is yeah. bigger. Sorry, field yeah. Hockey. yeah, really. I think we're like sport number six if you count uh, the amount of participants that are registered. Because uh, right, okay. club club volleyball is a bit. We don't have high school volleyball like you you guys at uh, uh, college right. or if for us it's yeah, the, right. the whole the club system mm-hmm. for all sports by the way and. Uh, I think we're sport number six yeah, with I think like so a hundred fifty thousand uh, people registered playing volleyball. Yeah, not bad. And you're all uh, all above six foot. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's everyone's tall. That's the first requirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a member. Yeah, man, our country is like literally underwater, but because of the, the, the you know the dikes, that's why we grow this tall to stay above water. Ah, <laughs> smart. There <laughs> it is. That's the reason. <laughs> Tallest country. Yeah. In the world, eh? An average. Really? Puppy. Yeah, yeah. I know. Do you know what the that average is? That makes a lot is? more sense. I don't know what the average... I, it's... No, I just know we're... It's up there, the record <laughs> <all> the, <laughs> the average height of your national... The average height of this room right now is... Yeah, it's, it's pretty up there. <laughs> Me and Travis are the shortest. I'm 6'4 and by far the smallest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, our, fi- our physio is a bit smaller. Yeah, physio. <laughs> he's, he's helping with the average. Yeah. Um, so, I'm assuming that you guys played other sports growing up too then. Soccer. Soccer? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, is it soccer, f- soccer or football out there? We, soccer, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's we called say soccer? In, in Dutch it's f- football. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, soccer. Okay. It's the biggest sport. And I think every kid in Holland starts with, uh, first get your swimming lessons. Your yeah. Diploma. <laughs> so you can survive. Yeah, exactly, because of the word. <laughs> yeah, and, and then soccer, yeah. It's a funny combo being the tallest nation in the world, but also soccer being the most popular sport because like with soccer you don't see too many like six no. six defenders running around that's yeah. why we all switched <laughs> to volleyball about five two. <laughs> but it teaches yeah. you good footwork from a that's true from a yeah. kid yeah yeah it's true hmm. and, uh, were you soccer too no never oh that's there goes the story straight volleyball. <laughs> there we go it's funny because this question we've had before with other athletes yeah. and like pretty much all pro athletes have played a lot of different sports i, I played i played a lot of soccer yeah. I think I'm the only exception. You're specialized. I always played volleyball and uh, <laughs> then went for beach volleyball. Yeah. And you has there ever been any signs of burnout? Because I know, like, I started playing basketball as soon as I could walk. But by the time I was in my senior year of high school, I just never wanted to play basketball. Yeah. So was there, have you been burnt out at all by it? Uh, Especially now with the season going almost year long. Yeah, year maybe that's the reason why I changed to beach volleyball. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of playing indoor and doing something new now. Yeah. Yeah. No, in the past I didn't. I think this is for yeah, just the two sports for now. What uh, what age were you guys when you got onto the senior like the FIVB World Tour, not junior or youth? Two thousand eleven. You you guys got on tour in two thousand eleven. Yeah. And pretty much yeah. Alex, you're twenty eight now, and you're probably you're thirty. So and you guys won the world championships. How long ago? 13. 2013. You got on tour in 2011 and you're world champions 2013. 
Yeah. That's that's some that good experience first, you got under your first belt. First career win too, right? Sorry, yeah. that was your first, first win, right? Yeah, first yeah. career win. World championships, not a bad way. We hadn't made it to the quarterfinals before those <laughs> really? world championships. Yeah, not no, no top eight results in the world tour. See, when I first came on tour, it was the year after that, and you guys were the world champions. So I was like, oh, these guys must be the best on tour. But if I had come a year before, it would have been just maybe a, another middle. Yeah. Middle of the pack tour, right? I mean, team. Wow. Yeah. What crazy? What gives went me right? Hope. I mean, what <laughs> kind of clicked on for you guys in that? If you can kind of jog your memory, you know, to 2013, because like you said, you hadn't made it past the quarters, and then like, how do you handle yourself in a semifinal when you've never been to a semi? And then how do you handle yourself not just in a normal final, but the tour championship? This is to be the number world one in the championship. world. Keep yeah. dreaming. <laughs> that was pretty much. And uh, yeah, for us, I think it was just. Yeah, one big dream, maybe something like that, and we and we woke up uh, a few weeks after the tournament. Yeah, just don't just <laughs> don't let dream. yourself wake up. Yeah. Just keep going. Well, yeah. if, if coaches or you know the, if they talk about uh, flow, yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah, what what is flow? And but then I think back of the World Champs in 2013, and especially after we uh, had uh, we made it in, into the top eight, which was our goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, the quarterfinal, semifinal, final—it was all in this flow, in this, yeah, really, yeah, really special state of mind. Uh, winning this event, yeah, it was like, like Robbie says, like a dream, or couldn't believe it ourselves as well. Yeah, I think during the tournament, yeah, we never realized that we could actually win, or and before that we could actually make it to the semifinals yeah. and have to make it to the finals. So. We didn't even think about it, probably. So even in the finals, we're not thinking about the fact that if you win this game, you become world champion. They only came later. So, yeah, that's probably the yeah the good thing about playing a tournament like that for the first time. Like, yeah, expectations are low, and yeah. at the same time, yeah, you just play and you can focus on uh, the only thing that matters, and it's playing the uh, playing the game. Yeah, but I'm, I'm wondering how long did it take you guys to accept the fact that you were the number one team in the world because I'm sure that that probably came with a little bit of imposter syndrome just thinking like if someone said that oh you're the number one team in the world you're probably like us not yet like we won a tournament but I'm sure that that took a little bit to accept did it not well it's not that we yeah I mean uh, we got first at the world championships but we were definitely not the number one team in the world because maybe as soon as we we realized it we had another tournament in Stad the week after, and we got third. So maybe th- at that moment we were third in the world. You know, it's a, it's <laughs> yeah. just a moment. You and wish uh, we got third yeah. in Stad? Yeah. Oh, fourth, fourth. Yeah. You wish <laughs> fourth? Yeah, the, the, we the wanted the cowbell, after. but we didn't <laughs> the, get the it. The year after was, oh. was third. Yeah, I still want a cowbell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but but that's yeah something. You, maybe as soon as you realize it, you're already. Back with your feet down in the earth, and you just, ah, <laughs> yeah, it's a long way to go. Yeah, but sports, that's amazing. Sports will bring you back pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how a, a victory like that, where you're just you don't even know what happened, you surpassed. Like you're trying just to get to the next level every tournament you play, and then you jumped like five levels yeah. all in once, yeah. and then that changes the rest of your career, right? Because now True. the base, like you were what twenty three, yeah, something like that, twenty three years old now. You're a world champion at 23, and your the rest of your career starts from there. Well, it, Whereas it took if it us took a you, whole season 
to to get yeah. past this uh, because 2014 our our highest result was a fifth in uh, Long Beach. Oh yeah, I I remember actually uh, when we played you guys in um, uh, Moscow. So we're playing the world oh, champions. Yeah. I'm like, oh great, these guys. <laughs> I got to play them. And then I think you beat us barely, but we ended up beating you in points uh, in the oh, pool. Yeah, in the pool, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We were at the pool, and you guys told me that you're like, oh, you guys beat us. Uh, we just calculated the points. I'm like, oh sweet, <laughs> beat out the world champs. Stop. Yeah. But yeah, that that was a good year. I, you know, I can kind of relate um, in some ways. I I think I took maybe like two level jumps when I won Berlin because yeah. I was in that was my first year on tour and I was in the qualifier not the country quota but the qualifier yeah. obviously not expecting to win the event but it's the same thing where I just like had the blinders on and just kept playing until the until the ref said the tournament's over and we happened to be winners yeah uh, I can still remember that one nice yeah now we're going to take a quick minute for a word from our sponsors this podcast is brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. Listen, the AVP plays with Wilson for a reason. The CBVA plays with Wilson for a reason. The college ranks play with Wilson for the reason. It makes the best ball in sports. All right, and now, good news as you're getting ready for your preseason to get ready for the season, you can save on all Wilson equipment by using our discount code Wilson Sand. That'll save you 20% on all purchases at Wilson. Listen, I know that we got to play with the Mikasa. For Huntington Beach, I get it, but soon enough, Austin will be around the corner, the rest of the AVP season is around the corner, the rest of the college season is around the corner in CBVA, so use our discount code WILSONSAND to save 20% off on all purchases. I know you need some balls for the preseason, listen, I need them too, alright? So don't be afraid to use our discount code and play the balls that the pros play. Hi everyone, Amanda Dowdy here. I'm a professional beach volleyball player and I absolutely love the benefits of Firefly Recovery. I use the Firefly straps to help boost my recovery while I travel, after training or practice, and in between matches at a tournament. It is simple to use and its small size makes makes it perfect for travel. Firefly Recovery has become a staple in my training regimen and honestly, it should be in every athlete's gym bag. Check out Firefly Recovery for yourself and change your game. This podcast is also brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. Listen, we know that volleyball doesn't get a whole heck of a lot of coverage, all right? That's why VolleyballMag.com has you covered. It's your daily digital news source for all things volleyball. You want indoor volleyball? They got you. You want photos? Ed Chan is on the case. You want video? We're starting to add that to Sandcast. You want audio? Sandcast goes through VolleyballMag.com, and with writing... Me, Lee Feinswag, Megan Kaplan, and Ed Chan, the team at VolleyballMag.com, we got you covered. So if you're looking for volleyball news, go to VolleyballMag.com, which is the one and only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every single day. Yeah, I definitely remember that one. But yeah, it, it, I think it, winning early on and being able to just get one of those big victories where you realize, like, wow, I belong here, early on in your career, like, sets you up for kind of greatness. Uh, we were talking uh, to Phil Dahlhauser on here about that too when he had that first victory with Nick early on in their career where he's looking around on the court and he's like, wow, that's the moment when I realized that I belonged here. And then from then on it was over because he just trusted trusted that he could beat anyone that stepped on the court. And now I look at him. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad he won early. <laughs> <laughs> For you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's been having to deal with him for a while now. Yeah. Although, I 
last time I played him, we we finally beat him, and uh, I haven't played since, so it's been nice. <laughs> I've had a win. Game. I've had a win on <laughs> Phil for two years now. <laughs> what is your guys' record against Phil? I'm sure you guys have seen him a fair amount. Yeah, we lost more than we won. That's one thing for sure. Most people have. <laughs> yeah. Mm. World Tour, you played a World Tour final. Yeah, right? semis. When semis. you played with Nick, we played uh, like four there. times. Hamburg final. Uh, World Tour finals was in the semi final. We in, uh, won once, I think. Poland. So I think, yeah. Three to one. Yeah. Four to one. And we beat them a couple times when he played with the Rosie. Yeah. Is there any teams you haven't beat? I'm, I'm hoping there is because uh, I yeah. haven't beat you guys. Um, I think Evandro. Mm. Interesting. I was wondering who would be a bad matchup. Usually it's matchups, right? Like, yeah. For example, uh, you're you are both taller than me and Hayden, and you guys just hit around all day. That would be <laughs> a fast match, you guys against them, because it's just bomb serve, bomb out serve, all the time. <laughs> yeah. just everyone just bouncing balls. Yeah. Is it something specific about Evandro that that? Is a tough matchup. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously, it's a tough matchup for a lot of people. Yeah, but exactly. I've had a decent record against him, not in the last two years when he's since he's been world champion. But I think maybe yeah, side out is probably the strongest part of our game, and with his serve, he's uh, uh, maybe yeah. one of the only guys that can uh, get in the way of that. Get you out of system. Yeah. So got it. Good to know. That might be the count. <laughs> so all I have to do Work is start serving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, easy. Last couple of years, it's, it has been like more and more about the surf, I think. Mm -hmm. The whole game is changing, and that's why you see more and more uh, teams where both players are, are tall, and, you know, you have uh, some... At some point, you have Evandro in the back as a defender, <laughs> right? you know, with Andre now. And, and, and it doesn't matter because... No, nah, just serve the ball enough. and have a good blocker and run for some shots. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So does that mean we should practice more serving or more passing? Yeah. That's a good That's a question. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Well, we have. Well, uh, you can have one guy just bomb a serve with the other guy to work on passing. It's two birds and one yeah, stone exactly. right there. Yeah, That's exactly. true. Yeah. should serve at each other. Yeah, yeah only in our uh, indoor beach volleyball training facility in The Hague, we have our surfing machine now. Because oh. we can finally get speeds that are even higher than, uh, for example, Evandro's serve. Really? So you have this over, how do you say it? over? Over-exaggerated? Yeah, and then, then you can really practice this. Hey, don't uh, tell them all our secrets, man. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I, I, we have it indoors. Uh, I was going to go over to USC and try to use their ball machine, but of course you guys already have it on the beach. Uh, yeah. You uh, think that, uh, how about the wind factor playing indoors all the time? Is it is it really tough when there is a... Uh, high wind or how do you guys prepare for that since you don't get yeah. it is there or are there giant fans in your indoor uh, <laughs> <laughs> beach court fair enough no, we uh, have a lot of fans but no fans or like fans uh, <laughs> you have fanatics <laughs> but not fans yeah. no, I mean yeah on the other hand uh, since we played beach volleyball in, in summer it's in the Hague it's always windy you must know it oh you that's know, true it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so we're also used to to play with that's right and yeah, yeah when you do finally get out on the beach it's, exactly. it's always windy yeah, it feels like minus five and oh, <laughs> man. but yeah it's windy and that's how we yeah get used to it as well yeah you guys have some big beaches out and really nice beaches too because i'm from hawaii and, and our beaches are actually really small and you come out here in california and it's just like as yeah. far as you can see but it's actually the same in the hague 
I think that's the only beach I've been to, but yeah, yeah, it's, that's yeah. a nice beach. And and you guys had like the world record when when we played there in World yeah. Champs. Yeah, you had the world record for the most people most playing people volleyball play. at the same time. Yeah, really. So Think like five thousand. Yeah, they love it out there like on two hundred courts at yeah. the same time. Yeah, they all like went and served at the same time or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really yeah. cool. Breaking records. So you guys win world championships in twenty thirteen, and now you know pretty much every tournament you go into, it's reasonable to expect that you guys would be in the quarters, semis, or finals. When did you begin to sort of find your identity as a team? As it's just bombing serves, hitting almost every ball, occasionally throwing a shot in there as a change-up, you know, to make sure that they're not just digging in the whole time. Yeah. When did you guys kind of figure that out? Pretty much uh, World Championship, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what, right before. Just think. repeat that. Whatever whatever you did there, just repeat it. Yeah. No, yeah, I think before we were already talking about this and, yeah, understanding our strengths. But also during the tournament, I can still remember some conversations with trainers and... Uh, who made us, uh, yeah, motivated us, and uh, especially about surfing, we got some nice uh, motivational speeches with them, and uh, especially for Alex was a good one, like, yeah, talking about it, and you know, what are our strengths, and uh, how are we going to use these, and I think that helped us a lot in the World Championships, and yeah, of course, yeah, you, you can see it over there, you get the confirmation, like, oh, this is uh, going in the right direction, so right. I think ever since we found out that, uh, yeah, surfing and siding out were two key strengths for us. That's where our coach also uh, came up with the term power volleyball. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we like. like uh, you know, jump as high as you can and swing. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what me and Hayden don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoot around with us. Yeah. <laughs> that's your bad measure. Come down to my level. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys must have picked that up from Adrian Carambola, the power power volleyball. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> his he power is uh, He has a lot <laughs> of power. <laughs> power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You guys ever had your serve machine machine just started straight up? Hit the ceiling and come back down <laughs> super fast. Yeah. Not in, a bad idea. In the Netherlands, one thing I'm really curious about is so who were the beach volleyball guys that you guys would have looked up to? So here would be yeah. Karch Karai, Sinjin Smith, Mike Dodd, Randy Stoklos, and all those guys. Who are the ones that Reindeer. you guys look yeah. to? Yeah. yeah, I think those guys are a bit older, so they were from way before but still for us it were Reiner Nummerdor and Richard Schuil and uh, yeah we, we were even able to practice with them and uh, for several years but those were the guys who when I started playing and yeah, they were playing world tour and yeah even winning tournaments uh, pretty often and then yeah coming from that level like uh, yeah starting with beach volleyball seeing them practice like next to you and then at a certain moment you're allowed to practice with them and you learn so much with uh, of, of just practicing with them. And then at a certain moment even coming to their level and it's like, uh, I think those were the guys for us that uh, yeah, were big examples. Yeah, because in the next World Championships, now Reindeer and Christian were in the, in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the best, one of the best matches I've watched. Yeah, that third set was epic. Yeah, that was crazy. And the, the being in that stadium with Netherlands playing and... 
We because we played them in the. Don't say it too loud, eh, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm happy Chris is in the bedroom because he doesn't want to <laughs> talk about this. Uh. Well, he put on a show. Yeah. I mean, he roofed Alice on about ten times. We can oh, talk so. about how he beat me in the quarters then, if he wants. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And and the whole stands going crazy and they're blowing fire out when when oh, they yeah. score you and then when we score is like Nothing. crickets. I could hear my my fia- <laughs> my girlfriend at the time. I just heard her screaming for me. <laughs> but yeah, that. Fun final was crazy it was what was the score the final third set maybe 23 21 something yeah, like that that was nuts yeah yeah you guys can put on a show though that was an awesome atmosphere i went there yeah. it looked great on youtube and the <laughs> stadium on the water yeah. it was it the was first timer as well it was a floating stadium yeah the people whole probably didn't floating. realize this but no way yeah the center court was right a in front floating of stadium. parliament right yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, like, the yeah. <laughs> that made that tournament way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, I think that's by far the best tournament I've played in. Because um, I had to miss it. How was Vienna this year, actually? Yeah, Vienna was, was crazy as well. On the Donau Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow in Austria, there are so many people that love beach volleyball. And it's like a festival, music festival. And they come for a week, set up their tents, and they go crazy. And uh, and they love the sport. They know all the dances, all the songs. And yeah. I think that's yeah. every every player's favorite place to play is yeah. Austria. For, yeah. It's like for going sure. to Coachella for volleyball, basically, right? Like Or Woodstock. Like when we were in Klagenfurt, there's giant fields and people are just camping overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one big event, like Alex said. And I remember it was like pouring rain at one point last time we were there, and, and they're still, all they're all out the there stadium. still, yeah, yeah, just like blowing over, getting like rained on at night, and they just come show up in the morning, no shirt, just partying. Yeah, yeah, and people, I think hundreds of people are are even waiting in a line to oh, get yeah. in because the stadium is full, and yeah, they have to wait, true. yeah, uh, for people to get out, and then new new guys can come that's in. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Doppler and Horse put on a show for him this past oh, year, too. Yeah, God dang. Wow. They played some good pop. That was the dream for them, I think. I for like, the Austrian people as well. I feel like they can, they're the one team that will like pick and choose which tournaments <laughs> yeah. to do good, right? Yeah, if, it's, if it's like, like it, yeah. in Austria or if, uh, you know, Croatia, when a lot of the, the oh, yeah. fans come, they yeah. always play good that tournament. Yeah. yeah. They have mm. a few under their belt and they just knowing how to pick them and speaking of power volleyball too i mean that's another one where they i mean they just rip serves and and hit yeah don't tell me about it too (laughs) we lost against them last week so (laughs) (laughs) sorry to bring it up (laughs) thanks (laughs) is this a trend that you guys are seeing too because when we had phil on you know he was saying when i first came out on tour i was one of the tallest guys and he says now he's probably not even top 10 top 12 tallest so are you guys seeing the game get bigger and faster too yeah but i think that was the trend for the last couple of years but now you you see the like uh Kantor Lozjak, they are thinking of something how to beat all these tall guys and the blockers with their quick sets and running around the court back setting and uh, how do you say the first tempo the short yeah the yeah, short yeah, yeah. and and yeah so it's like a counter movement against all these tall blockers and uh so that's interesting to watch as well. How is it defending that? I mean, as obviously, like a lot of teams that will play against will move sets around, but no one moves it like Cantor and Losiak. As a blocker, do you just <laughs> hate Horrible. playing against those so, guys? Uh, you just got to accept the fact that you will uh, 
yeah, once or twice, like you're gonna stand next to the setter and he's gonna hit the ball, or the other <laughs> yeah. way around, you're at the attack <laughs> and the setter is doing the second hit. Yeah, just you, you really gotta accept it because you, you know it's gonna happen. And uh, if you start getting frustrated, that's probably the moment you, you start losing the match. Yeah, I feel like it's probably easy to get frustrated against him, yeah, too. Yeah, too easy, <laughs> <laughs> way too easy. Is there a temptation ever to kind of start doing that style or just trust your style of play? Uh, I think. For me, it never yeah. has been, but that's probably just because, yeah, I understood that this is this is my strength, and I know it's probably not a smart idea to start investing in that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, I think for a lot of teams, yeah, it's nice to experiment and uh, see what works. Yeah, and I I love to watch it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is I, fun to if watch. I sometimes watch our uh, our own games. I think, like, man, this is so boring. <laughs> 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 you can expect nine out of ten times what's going to we happen. We usually yeah. say like, if, if the uh, game is really boring to watch, then we play well. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. The more boring, the better. Yeah, that's yeah. why I almost never watch Phil. your game. <laughs> almost never watch Phil on YouTube because you just know exactly what's going to happen yeah, pretty surf, much every time. Luck. Yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah, most people do say that watching Phil is the most boring game oh, to watch like at least mm, nick man. brings a little bit of fire watching phil and todd play phil here, phil. it's just more like the body language because yeah, he's true. so yeah. skilled for a big man yeah. he's yeah ridiculously skilled and athletic but like the body language <laughs> yeah and when he when he was with todd it was like todd was worse than phil they called him yeah. poopy pants <laughs> poopy pants I, I hope todd's not listening because <laughs> we because we want you on the podcast todd <laughs> And, I mean, you guys have been playing together since 2011 or 12? Yeah, 11. So that's it. You guys have been together for a long time because in, in beach volleyball, I feel like maybe it's just kind of almost a U.S. thing because there's a ton of options. Yeah. In the Netherlands, there isn't an abundance of options in that respect. But, in you know, seven years going on eight now playing together, I'm sure that you guys have kind of had to learn and, and sort of grow as a team. Has there ever been... Uh, almost cause for a split, or have you guys ever considered picking up a new partner? Because I know that after like the Olympics, say in 2016, that's always a, like a partner shuffle time for most of the world. Um, but have you guys ever considered that? Mm, yeah, I mean, like we said, 2014 was a difficult year for us and bad results. And then after that season, you come at a point where you, yeah, you think of the options you have and. But uh, I think uh, for us both, it was quite clear. Like you, we both made the decision uh, had to stick together and to work on, um, yeah, improve things and and get better as a team instead of choosing the easy way and switch partners. And I think so far that has been paying off. And yeah, I also I I think I really like this this challenge that even when you have these moments where you feel like shit it's it's really bad or that you see it as a challenge and as a not as a problem but just to face it and together with the coaches work on it and I think then if you overcome this you you get out stronger it's a bit cliche but uh, I think that's how it works all cliches are are true yeah. pretty much yeah. it's rather cliche uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Would be funny if Robert would say that he <laughs> 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 no, yeah. I also think that the coach had a, a big role in this. Like that we already worked together with them also for yeah, with with the head coach for ever since since the start, and with uh, the other coach that's over here, same thing also for us uh, like four or five years now. Mm -hmm. 
long term. So, yeah, it's probably that they have a big role in that too. It's uh, making us get stronger too. Well, it seemed to to work out in your favor because 2016, you guys go to Rio and get the bronze medal. How was uh how was that to to add on to your uh, world championships? Yeah, special. I think uh, yeah, of course, world championships is, is the title of, of getting yeah getting the whole tournament. But still, I think it was really special to win the bronze medal there as well because it was something that we already said for so many years. We didn't qualify for London Olympics, but it was also never a goal because in 2012. We were just not even close to that level yet, so yeah, pretty pretty funny, of course, if next year you get world champion, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the truth. And uh, yeah, but we always said like, okay, we want to go to the Olympics in Rio and we're not going there just to qualify, but we want to get a medal there. So that put on all the pressure, so it's completely different than the world championships where, yeah, nobody expected anything. I think that made it uh, really special for us that we, yeah, we were able to, to achieve that medal to get it over there and it was quite tough. And uh, yeah, nice for that to get that experience over there. What was it like? It's interesting for me because I haven't been able to, I didn't get to play in the Olympics, but <coughs> what's the difference for you in terms of just like the vibe of the tournament? And I know everything's probably run way differently. The timing's way different. How does it feel playing in that versus in a normal FIVB? Or even a high-level FIVB, like a World Championships. I think the only difference is the, the whole mindset. You know that Olympic Games are it's the, the highest podium you can reach in, in our sport. And it's, every, it's, it's only once every four years. And, and that's why everybody yeah, makes it this big in their minds. And But, yeah, I mean, the rest is, yeah, like you say, the schedule is a bit different. And... Uh, okay, there are other athletes there. You see Roger Federer or uh, LeBron James, or you know, you see them in the in the at lunch or that. But yeah, I think for us it was maybe it it sounds a bit strange or maybe even arrogant, but it it was a tournament. Right, it was maybe just a tournament, and uh, uh, yeah. with the same like we always want to play, you know, uh, uh, perform uh, at our best and reach the goal we had, winning a, a medal. I also think that's probably the way to perform the best at the Olympics. If you can just stay closest to your normal thing. Because mm -hmm. you see a lot of people go do completely different things because they are on the Olympics. And yeah, it's probably nothing, not something they were doing on purpose, but still you see people right. start acting differently. So that's also something we said, like, yeah, the people that can uh, be the, the, norm, the most normal people over there will probably do best did you have to like make a conscious effort to block everything out or did you just be your normal self and that you kind of let all the distraction like there's going to be distractions yeah, did you try exactly. to block them out or did you just observe them and then move on like yeah. your normal day i think it's impossible to block them and yeah, I, also think I guess you, i don't know how you would do that you, sh you shouldn't want that did it's you exactly go like you right. say like yeah allow them to be there and mm -hmm. at the right times focus on the things you have to focus on because I know some athletes won't go walk in the opening ceremonies because it's a distraction. Depends on your schedule as well. But uh, some athletes want to just stay in their room the whole time and not see the celebrities and, and be in the limelight too much. I think we had a really good mix in that. We didn't go to the opening ceremony, but that was because it was really close to our first game. Right. So mostly out of physical uh, right. choices. 
But yeah, other than that, I think if we would have had more time in between, we would go there and mm -hmm. uh, just to see it. And other than that, yeah, of course, the schedule was like you play uh, every other day. So it was, yeah, we made a good combination. Like if uh, after the, the games, we in the evenings, we just said like, okay, go do whatever you want. Go with your family and have some dinner, just relax a bit. And the next morning, same thing. And then in the evening or in the afternoon, we said like, okay, we're going to practice at one, for example. And from that moment on, we're focused again and we work towards the next game. So yeah, we could relax in, in this pretty big schedule of three weeks. Yeah. I think that worked out pretty well. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds like you guys did, did it the right way. <laughs> Whatever you did. Yeah. In the so in the U.S. the Olympics are just huge. Like all the media will start writing Olympic previews, and I covered them this past year, so I know just how insane it is. And it's like two years before the Olympics, people will start writing about who's going to star in the Olympics, and it's just built up in this massive thing. Is that how it is in the Netherlands too? I'm I'm really curious how the Olympics are viewed internationally as well, and with beach volleyball. Obviously, that's the only time in the U.S. that it's really in the limelight. That people are like, "Oh, this is such a great sport," and then everyone's all inspired and liking it. And then you know, within two months, we're just back yeah, to kind it's, of the, it's the hardcore. Yeah, it's fans. same same for us. Like the only two moments that uh, it was really beach volleyball was really broadcasted in the Netherlands were the World Championships in 2015 and uh, the Olympic Games. So uh, that's where we have to to shine and you know have our moment as a sport. And that's the thing we are working on and we're trying to improve. And uh, yeah, you see more and more that they are broadcasting mm -hmm. beach volleyball also now on, in the world tours. And like in January, the De La Beach Open. Yeah. It's on national television more and more. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, mm -hmm. but Olympic Games, it's uh, by far the, the most important sports moment for, uh, yeah, in our country as well. Yeah. How is it coming back to, your country you know mm -hmm. after being an olympian now since it is held on such a high pedestal and it's actually probably different than in the u.s because yeah we probably had how many medalists you i mean we probably ha i don't know how many medalists did we have travis mr stats oh God, <laughs> probably like 40 or something right yeah, we had a something amount. around that range how much did the netherlands have do you know <laughs> no, I don't know. In the summer, yeah. like, the winter, you guys probably crushed it. Winter, yeah, yeah, 20 medalists. Skating, 20 yeah. medalists. Uh, yeah, oh, there was a team as well, but yeah. Well, ah, right, okay. So, so including a team? Yeah. Now, with including the team, maybe 35. Oh, okay, okay. Like How is it coming back? Uh, I think... With that status in your country now? Yeah, it, it, I think compared to the U.S., it's it's a lot different because I think sports people in the U.S., like everyone will still remember them and... They're, they're really high, like everyone knows them. But yes, but for us, I think in the few weeks after, there were some people that, that saw us and recognized us like, hey, you're the guy here, congrats for the medal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Completely out of the blue. So that was pretty special for us because right. you know, usually that never happens, of course. So that was something special, but that was only in those weeks slash months after and then afterwards. Wow. It's, it's in our culture. Like it's... Yeah. Uh, you know, act normal, stay normal, and uh, everybody that's, uh, yeah, like, hey, I'm the Olympian, and no, you're, you're <laughs> so opposite uh, of American, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with the yeah, the sports athletes, they are heroes, and we turn on the TV, and of course we see Carrie, uh, Carrie Walsh, yeah, Carrie. With all the uh, 
taping, all these commercials. <laughs> I'm like, what? The, the moment that the beach volleyball player would be in a, like a proper TV commercial in the Netherlands. <laughs> like, wow, I hope to, to see this. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are used to it. And yeah. we said like, hey, she's on TV. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's okay, okay, Carrie was a different league. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. We know this, but uh, yeah, it's, it's still, we, you can't compare it. It's the difference in culture. Yeah. yeah but we're a bit jealous, yeah, of yeah. you guys here in it's USA. Funny. It's like, you guys are almost bringing yourself back down. It's like, oh, you, well, you guys won a medal. It's like, yeah, but the bronze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but it is true, like, the difference between winning a gold medal in Olympic Games. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's up here, and then a whole bunch of nothing, and then silver and bronze. And then nothing to to this fourth place, which yeah, is the big the worst. The big one is fourth. Yeah, if yeah. I mean you can say for the rest of your lives that you want to at least a uh, bronze medal at the Olympics, and that's says a lot. Fourth is as yeah. good as almost last, not quite, but you know, yeah. fourth means barely anything. With playing that bronze medal match, because when Carrie and April won bronze, she said that she was more proud of you know, her bronze and her golds because, you know, she had to, that was the first time she'd ever been put in that position in the Olympics, right? So she had to kind of gather herself and play a match that no one ever wants to play, especially Carrie Walsh, who had only ever played in gold medal matches. How did you guys go about regrouping and getting psyched to play that match, which was against the Russians? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it was one of the hardest uh, mental things, at least for me in, uh, in my sports career. After the semi-final, when we lost against uh, Alison Bruno in a really uh, close and really tough <coughs> match, uh, it took me like uh, one and a half day. That's the good thing about the Olympic Games. You have, you <laughs> have two schedule. Like yeah. one or two days before you have the next match. Yeah. But yeah, I was only thinking about this last semi-final this match and uh, yeah it, it took me uh, quite some convincing and conversation with the coach and with Robert and but it was also the goal that we set like we wanted to win this Olympic medal and okay it's not going to be gold but we still have this chance to to reach our goal and that was also important thing in in yeah changing this mindset towards this bronze medal match I mean, yeah. that's got to be one of the hardest uh, situations for an athlete to be in, like in the world of sports, to play for a bronze medal at the Olympics. I wouldn't right? know. So. <laughs> <laughs> because it's... Because it feels you, a bit you have like to, all have, or nothing. Right, it's all or nothing, but you also had to battle through that mental game like that you were just talking about beforehand. Yeah. So it started well before you got on the court. Yeah, and then you're already probably worse. And you're still playing for so much at that yeah. point. Yeah, I think you do realize, or at least I did, I realized really well that, that if you get fourth there, as if it's, like you said, as if it's all for nothing. So that's something you do realize, and that's the good thing also about having that amount of time before or in between these games. That you know, like, okay, this is going to make a big difference uh, if I come back with a bronze medal or, or with the fourth place. I think that's a big difference too. Now we're in the, the 2018 season. It's it's insane that the Olympics were two years ago. That's crazy. And have you guys reset new goals, or how is the goal setting process for y'all? Is it year by year? Is it? I mean, do you guys go on with month by month? Is it? Do you have long term, mid term, short term? All of that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. 
Yeah, usually, of course, b- before every, the start of every season, we sit together with the coaches and, uh, yeah, we make our new goals. And, yeah, th- there's been a pretty big change, I think, ever since the Olympics. That Before, we were always talking about reaching semifinals and uh, wanting to get medals. And then in 2015 and 16, we were able to do that quite often and yeah, really happy with that result. But still, at that moment, you feel like, okay, we made it this far, but now it's more about getting those gold medals more often. And we know that's a really tough thing, but I think our goal for Tokyo is to get a gold medal there. And to reach that, I think it's important that you start winning more tournaments and also learning how to play with the mindset of, okay, I'm playing this tournament to win and that, yeah, for all or nothing. And that's something, yeah, we need to learn. I think last year was pretty tough for us in, uh, in that department. And uh, this year is going a little bit better already. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, the biggest change. You've already won two, so off to a good start in terms of learning how to win tournaments consistently. And just bringing it back to Huntington, with the World Tour, I mean, have you guys seen it just get deeper and deeper and deeper in terms of more countries having a top flight team? Because now, you know, I was writing the preview for Huntington and I would write about a team and I'd say, okay, well, let's find another good team that would be kind of a contender. And I just kept writing and writing and writing. I was like, holy cow, like this is never ending. Since you guys have come on tour, how much deeper have you seen it grow just in terms of, you know, almost not random countries, but not like, you know, sports power countries having a top flight team? Yeah, it's it's uh, amazing. In the last couple of years, you I think in 2015, the amount of teams that uh, won a World Tour event it was more than eight or nine different teams. I think. Well, you're you're of the statistics. No one can test you. No, but I think that that says it all. Like there, are every event there are so many teams that can win, and uh, it, there's not one main draw match where you can sit back or. Uh, you know, it's especially with the new system where you play yeah, the modified pool play. Uh, yeah, you have to be sharp and ready uh, from the start. So it's, uh, I think it's a good uh, thing for our sport that, yeah. that more and more uh, countries are, yeah, bringing these these top teams. And you mentioned the the modified pool play, and then this is double elimination. What's your ideal format? What's, what do you guys like? Because I know that the modified pool play, mixed reviews. Some guys like it, some guys don't. Yeah. Double elimination makes for really long days, but I think that's the truest form of competition, yeah. just in my opinion. But what do you guys think? Yeah, a, f- a format where every game matters. I think that's the most important thing. And so I think it's a good thing that we change from just a normal pool play to at least modified. Mm-hmm. And I think double elimination is exactly the same. You just, yeah, of course, you have a, an extra chance. But still, I think every every game counts. It's a still it's a format where you want to win every single game. So I think that's probably good too. Yeah, because we had a few years on tour there with the old pool play system where guys are pulling out of matches and forfeiting, yeah. and like it happened every tournament multiple times. And everyone's gonna do it because it makes sense, and you're not gonna not take advantage of it. But for the tournament and the promoters, it was really bad. Yeah. So I, I think that it makes more sense now. Well, last year we played an event in in China where they experienced uh, experimented with the single like the yeah single elimination uh, system, and then it's uh, yeah that's tough that's to fly tough. across the world. <laughs> I mean, to for fly exactly <laughs> yeah to China. You get there, you play one match. Of course, when you play qualification, it's it's single elimination as well. 
So I've, I oh, think man. we've we've all been through this. Uh, the country quotas, the qualification is the same, but to have a main draw in uh, single elimination, that's another thing. It's uh, and we w- <laughs> yeah. yeah we won this event, so we were <laughs> we were really happy with the <laughs> single elimination. Games, so, yeah, yeah. It was weird too. <laughs> but <Wow>. but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> must have felt you, good. If you win, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think this modified pool play is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Well, you yeah. think about how many teams lose one in pool play and then end up winning the tournament. Yeah. Right? So if it's single elimination, you have that one-off match. and Pretty much all our wins this year. <laughs> really? Yeah, I exactly. Think we only won the pool once now, and it was in China. <laughs> Got ninth. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's part of your strategy. And all our wins were uh, at least with a loss in the pool. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Who's the best American team not named Phil and Nick? Yeah. I want to see the international opinion on it. Because I know mm-hmm. that you guys had a good match with Ryan and Billy in yeah. Doha. And then yeah, Jake and, Jake and Taylor were good. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys came rebounded and won. Yeah. But so, I mean, the U.S. is pretty deep, too. So I'm yeah. always interested to see international opinions on well, who yeah, our top guys are. The cool thing is we haven't played uh, <coughs> Jake or Casey in their new, uh, no, new partnerships. New partnerships. So that's... Uh, the only teams, yeah, Nick and Phil, but like, and uh, and Billy and Ryan, so it's a bit difficult. But John and Theo, yeah, yeah, I think they all do really well. We, we had a big yeah. shake up this because year. Yeah. <laughs> one team stayed the same. Yeah, but still, they're all playing main draw and getting good results. So yeah, it's tough to say, but I think all of them are yeah. on a pretty equal level, doing well. Now, are you guys gonna do any? touristy california stuff while you're here or is are we looking at 7th street to huntington is that Not it for well, this year, year. Yeah. <laughs> this year it's 7th street to the to, and walk to the beach last yeah. year it was more like that yeah or after the tournament we had to pull out uh, early because alex had an injury so after that we had a few days off and uh, we could do some uh, fun stuff Robbie went to Vegas while I was doing rehab. Admit it. So yeah, uh, there was enough time to do some f- fun things. So I've seen a lot already. So that's probably a good thing for this year because now we also have, to, or at least I have the feeling that I don't need to see much more <laughs> that I can actually focus on the tournament right yeah. now. So well, I definitely uh, made trips to Amsterdam uh, <laughs> while, yeah. while we were playing in the Hague. So can't blame you. No, the good thing is after the event, we also stay for another week to train yeah. here because we go straight to Brazil to this ah, Itapima oh, nice. four-star event. So um, I hope after this event we Feel can free to invite us for a surfing session. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have a, a barbecue. Maybe, maybe we'll run it back after the tournament if you win it. We'll yeah, run we'll it back on the sandcast. We'll have a sandcast review with you guys after it's all over. Celebratory. Uh, Let's not make barbecue. it a one-two barbecue. <laughs> one-two <laughs> elimination. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do one-two barbecue, but at some point maybe we will. <laughs> now, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Anything that we didn't ask that you wish we would have? Anything you want to mention? Well, I think we should uh, have all the people that are listening to this sandcast to to. Invite them to the hunting team. Uh, am I? You, that's your yeah, role. Yeah. Or yeah, <laughs> no, that's all you. No, but no, I think perfect. we. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, they have to come and watch. Starts on uh, for you tomorrow, right? Yeah, Tuesday. And then this will be out Wednesday, so it started yesterday. Technically, for oh, our listeners. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, and from Thursday on, the main draw. So uh, that's the only thing I. It's the like first to, uh, time ever, right? That uh, event. 
like this. AVP has promoted a world tour event before. Did you guys play in Cincinnati? No, nope. there, there was an open. Yeah, we so right. it's your first time playing in an AVP. The America gets to see the the top talent in the world against uh, all of our local top talent, and I think it's going to be a really good event. It's going to be very entertaining, and I'll be up in the booth yeah. just talking it over one more time. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully I'll be playing for a little bit. And Travis is going to make guys. his first yeah. main draw. <laughs> we'll see you on Thursday, right? Yeah, hopefully that's the plan. Getting that main draw hotel. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. That's I mean, like I, that's I like ten the first minutes bonus. away, but I'll take walking distance too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, you got to get I've the hotel. I've seen the pictures and uh, look pretty good. Is it nice? I don't know. We we don't we always stay at home when when we play here. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. I got a question. I'm looking over at your guy. I'm, I mean, you guys are uh, one of. A few teams on tour that are sponsored by Red Bull. What's it like being sponsored by them, knowing that they're like the premier sponsor in sports in general? It's like the cream of the crop sponsor, Red Bull. Uh, and what's it like at Beach Major Series when when they're promoting you guys? Yeah, it's a simple, simple. Did you question. get it after uh, World Championships? The sponsorship? Uh, yeah, 2013. Yeah, and we were already talking to the the athlete manager of Red Bull, but uh, winning the world champs in 2013 made the negotiations yeah, a bit more uh, <laughs> interesting for us. <laughs> no, but it has been a, a great partnership ever since. And uh, 2015 was the first beach major series, you know, uh, where Red Bull was strongly involved in the with the Red Bull Media House and all the thing and. Uh, yeah, we won this event in Porridge, and uh, that was also a great experience. And yeah. but, like you say, it's a special thing to be part of this Red Bull family. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, the best athletes in the world. And yeah, it's it's really really special. Did you get to take advantage of any of their perks? I know they they always oh, have yeah. like <laughs> if there's like a lake, they'll bring a boat up. If there's if there's a sky, they'll have a plane flying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Usually there's a sky. <laughs> the lake and the boat part is true. <laughs> and yeah, the sky and, and the helicopter part is true. Yeah. As well. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I they can remind thrown. Robbie, but... No, you cannot tell the helicopter <laughs> part. <laughs> 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 they took the And we did a rock, paper, scissors on who, who went in the front <laughs> to fly the helicopter. What? They yeah. let you fly it? Yeah, it was like... No, a, they didn't let me fly it. No, not Robbie, because I won the rock, paper, oh. scissors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's yeah, it's the the extras, you know, the, the crazy stuff. And uh now we're involved into Formula One, you know, the racing with Max Verstappen, one of the Dutch Red Bull guys. Let's and see. we're hoping to one day get in the Formula One car. Wow. But then yeah, it's Robbie's turn. <laughs> oh no, we'll rock, paper, scissors oh, for that yeah, as well. All right, fellas, it has been a pleasure. And it's uh, it's late, so we will let you guys get your rest and your roommates. I'm sure we can yeah. have them. Get the sleeve as well. Yeah, we appreciate you guys coming on Sandcast. Good luck this week. Thanks. Thank you guys and good luck. Thanks, yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I'll be watching. <laughs> Later.